Are we in the end time? Absolutely. Central bank digital currencies, Israel-Palestinian peace agreements, the destruction of Damascus, when's that going to happen? New elections in Israel, imagine that. The controlled demolition of America, and much more. We'll discuss these end-time events from a prophetic perspective on this edition of End of the Age. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, I went through the news this morning. Imagine being a prophecy teacher going through today's news. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, told me years ago, he started really following prophecy topics and things like that when he was 19, 20 years old. It would have been about 1964, 1965. And he said, Dave, he said, I'm telling you, I would have to search and search and search to find something. And, of course, there was no Internet. So he was, he was subscribing to periodicals, buying newspapers, going to bookstores. And he said, I would have to search for a, just forever to try to find something to do with Bible prophecy. But now, this morning... I came in and I had, I got one individual that sends me probably 30, 25 to 30 articles every single morning. Sometimes I'll get them at 5.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock. And so I had all of that. I had all of my Google uh, searches and then my own personal study and research. And I probably found, oh man, I don't know, maybe 35 or 40 articles that I could have used today um, uh, pertaining to Bible prophecy in one way or another. I had to pick the top ones because there's so many out there. But what I'm going to do today is to go down through as many of these as I can and tie them into Bible prophecy to show you how we are in fact living in the end time. And I can, I can almost take any major news source and find something prophecy related in that. Pertaining to the prophecies that are supposed to occur just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So let's get off into this and see uh, how many I can get through today. Because I've got, there's no way I'll get through all of these, but we'll see how many we can get through today. So, Revelation 13, 16 through 17, the Bible says, And he, the Antichrist, causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond. Actually, it will be the Antichrist and the false prophet that will be working on this. But the he here, uh, referring to the Antichrist, this is the mark of the beast, causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, 
to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So prophecies foretell a time when every person will be required to have a universally recognized, unique identification number in order to uh, participate in society. And this compulsory numbering system will be administered by the Antichrist and his global governing system. In the early stages of the system, receiving a number is really going to seem harmless. I mean, we all deal with numbers. It could be just another uh, number, not unlike a, a debit card, a social security number, used to function in everyday life. I mean, think about it. Most nations already currently function under a national ID system, which allows their citizens access to government subsidies, financial transactions, health care, insurance, but the government keeps track of everything, okay? Once the Antichrist assumes full control of the world government, this numbering system will be turned into a method of control. And we can see that happening already in the earth today. It's not the mark of the beast today, but certainly a precursor is leading up to that. Judging by the current moves towards a cashless society... It's likely that when most purchases will be made digitally, everyone will rely on their particular number for even the most basic essentials. And without it, no one will be able to legally buy or sell anything. Imagine when we go onto like a a totally digital platform. Now, in order for an, an individual's number to remain active, he or she will be forced to worship or pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world-governing system. According to Scripture, this is the exact individual economic sanctioning model that will be used by the Antichrist to force the world into compliance to his global governing structure. Now, with this in mind, I want you to consider the, the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank of central banks, they have stated recently in a report that 9 out of 10 central banks are exploring central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Well, Newsweek just ran an article, the CBDCs will be the end of American freedom. Now, imagine being a prophecy teacher and seeing that article. The article states, if the Federal Reserve adopts a central bank digital dollar, which is what they are, it's very likely that they will do in the, just the very near future, the American government will be on a surefire path to authoritarianism. Now, by centralizing Americans' financial information and holding it in a digital database controlled by the U.S. government and the Federal Reserve, Central bank digital currencies would create an authoritarian surveillance state and constitute a severe overreach of government power. With an American central bank digital currency, the government would become both money printer and the bank, destroying any checks and balances to government's power over Americans' financial holdings. Right now, with cash, 
you can have some anonymity, right? You, I mean, you can, uh, I can uh, govern my, I, there, there's, I have freedom when I have cash. But when everything is digital and it's tied into a database, the government will be able to know every transaction I do that puts money into my account and every transaction I do that takes money out of my account. And so you can see how detrimental a central bank digital currency would be to America because it would tie us into really this global database because all the central banks will be tied in together and imagine a global numbering system programmable being able to control what you buy or sell. Think about it according to Bible prophecy. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 in time. That's 800-363-8463. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. So imagine the Federal Reserve here in the United States, our central bank, which is, has nothing really to do with the government. It's a private cabal of private bankers. And so imagine all of your financial holdings that would be totally electronic them having access to that and could shut that off like a light switch. Think about that. Um, by granting, so the, the Newsweek article, let me re- get you a couple more excerpts from that, and then we'll move on to another one. By granting the government ownership over the root technology of money, central bank digital currencies allow the government complete discretion over how and whether people can use their money. Remember the prophecy. 
It's going to be a global economic sanctioning system. And remember, the Bank for International Settlements, the central bank of central banks, has said that nine out of ten central banks are exploring the opportunity of, which basically they're planning on rolling out a central bank digital currency. They're just trying to get you to buy in, saying, well, we're just exploring right now. And many people have been hurt by Bitcoin and all these other cryptocurrencies. So we, the trusted among us, are thinking about putting out a central bank digital currency. But imagine them having access to every bit of your financial resources electronically. They would get these central bank digital currencies would give the government total control and oversight over every person's holdings and transactions. Central bank now this is coming from Newsweek, okay? Central bank digital currencies have been embraced by the Chinese government, which has barreled forward with plans for its digital yuan which is now being trialed by millions of consumers across the nation. The digital yuan will have an invaluable, will be an invaluable tool for the Chinese government to obtain vast amounts of public data and strengthen its surveillance state. Central bank digital currencies will give the Chinese government authority to turn off people's money like a light switch. That's the ominous part of all this. But remember the prophecy, everybody. So finally, by adopting central bank digital currencies, American and Chinese monetary systems would converge, both destroying the financial sovereignty of individuals. And it is imperative that Americans become aware of the dangerous implications of central bank digital currencies and to quell any effort to develop an American central bank digital currency currently at play in our government, and the Federal Reserve. Joe Biden is pushing for this, you understand. Now, remember the prophecy. The Antichrist will give everybody on earth their own unique digital identification number, or at least those that will take it. Uh, Don't think it's going to be fully become law here in the United States and maybe a few other nations around the world. But most nations on the planet will take that. Uh, and it will become law of the land, and, and you know Christians in those nations will have to make up their mind. What am I going to do? Am I going to bow down to this, or am I going to resist? This is Bible Prophecy 101, folks, and it's something we need to talk about moving forward. How will we survive? Well, again, it's uh, the mark of the beast being doled out. It, the final seven years haven't started yet, so it's at least three and a half years away. So as we get farther off into that, perhaps there will be barter systems. Perhaps uh, there will be cryptocurrencies. Who, who knows what's going uh, to allow us to function in society? But there has to be a way because the Bible says there will be Christians alive on the earth at the time of the, of the rapture. The dead in Christ will rise first. The Christians who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So somehow Christians will have, have to have had found a way to function in society. And so, will, will some be persecuted? Yes, they will. But we, it's something that we'll be discussing moving forward. As, as I get more information from the sources that I have, I'll be sharing that with you. At this point, I cannot tell you. That'd be like asking me, what's the lottery number 
three or four years from now, the winning lotto ticket. There's no way. No way anybody could know that. And at this point, how can we function in society at least three and a half or four years from now? I don't know anybody that can answer that question. However, as we move closer, I'll be sharing the information that me and Doug and Vince that we have here on End of the Age and on our television programs uh, because I want to help anybody um, as much as I can. Now, so let me shift gears. We'll go to another topic here because the news is just full of this stuff. The Bible prophesies that the global leadership of the New World Order in the end time, that the center of the world power will shift to Europe and the European Union. Now, in your mind right now, who would be the leader of the New World Order? At least prior to Donald Trump. Most everybody would say the United States, right? We were the principal driver behind the New World Order and the uh, world or the uh, United Nations after uh, World War II, and then uh, we were still one of the one of the principal drivers after the Cold War ended. Pope George H. W. Bush, I'm sorry, yeah, Pope, Pope George H. President George H. W. Bush, Pope John Paul II, and Gorbachev came out of the meetings after the Cold War ended, tearing down the Berlin Wall, and they were talking about the New World Order. The New World Order is simply world government. And we have been the principal leader of that for decades now. But the Bible says that that power shift is going to move over to Europe. Well, how does that happen? And the prophecies foretell that the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the European Union will rule the end-time world government at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Currently, obviously, Europe does not hold that position. However, look at what's happening to Europe. Europe, the European Union, might be expanding, right? I mean, Ukraine is wanting to join, and they're moving that forward very rapidly. So who knows, after this Ukraine-Russian situation, that most of the European nations that are not in the European Union would be rushing to become a member of that. I don't know at this point. But think about what's really going on in Europe right now. Great upheaval. And so... This, the center for world power will shift over to Europe at some point. The prophecy is found in Revelation chapter 2, the feet of iron mingle with clay, the reborn Holy Roman Empire, and Revelation 17, the ten horns. So with pre- think about this, though. The United States currently, up until Donald Trump, held that position. Well, with Donald Trump's... So picture yourself, put yourself in the uh, mind of an ally or an enemy of the United States. On the outside looking in, Bill Clinton was willing to play ball. The Bushes, President Obama, all of them have been able to play ball. Then a guy comes along named Donald Trump. With President Trump's America First policies really doing his best to pull us out of world government, The president, to President Biden's weakness or destruction first policies, and I'll talk about that in a moment, the United States appears to almost be removing itself from the leadership position of the New World Order, leaving our allies questioning our partnerships and emboldening our enemies. 
Many sources show that Europe has found itself looking to fill the void left by the United States on the global stage. And this power shift is prophesied in Scripture, so it's going to happen. But for this to happen, something has to happen to America, right? Where we would be willing to relinquish that. Do you get the feeling that perhaps we are being brought to our knees on purpose? Now you might say, oh Dave, now come on. I mean, who would do that to our beloved country? Well, Town Hall ran an article this morning. The Controlled Demolition of America. Now you're living in the same America that I'm living in. So think back. Let's go back a little ways and then I'll bring you up to today. Historically, opposing political parties. Think about the Republicans, the Democrats, back through the last 50, 60, 70 years. Opposing political parties have fought hard against each other during elections before coming together in the end to unite the country around the winner. I mean, remember back in the day when you knew that night who won, right? And everybody would kind of say, okay, you know, we got to do the best we can under this guy, but he's still the president, right? But differences on policy positions, they've, already, they've always existed. The, the belief that one of, or, or the other party has evil intentions was kind of largely unheard of. Now, I understand under the, the, the Clintons and the Obamas and, so, and the Bushes and different things, that things started to really change. But as a rule, we still felt, you know, halfway kind of safe, right? I mean, things were not... So picture past presidencies compared to the one we have now. Okay, let's put it like that. It was assumed that everyone, or the big majority, loved this country. I mean, the republic that was founded in 1776 and truly wanted what was best for it and all its people. Regardless of the political differences, everybody pretty much thought, you know, until maybe some of the recent presidents, I should say, the current one and maybe the one before the last one, everybody kind of thought, well, you know, we're pretty much, we really like America, we love America, and we want to support it. But it appears that sadly those days are kind of gone. I mean... You know, what's going on today in America, it's it's unprecedented. In the more than two centuries of this history, we've never seen it like this. It's like there is a controlled demolition that, that managed by hostile forces who clearly intend to replace our once great country with a socialistic, communistic society of their own making. I mean, like it or not, that it's the only logical conclusion that people would, would knowingly try to redistribute the wealth of this country even though we've got, we, we, have, we, we, we need help right now. Many people are saying that we might be going into a recession, but yet we're, we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, and I mean, it's just crazy. So they know, however, that in order to initiate the Great Reset that they so desire and force the majority of people to at least tolerate it, 
They have to destroy the current order and bring the population to its knees, begging for relief. I mean, think about out in California paying six, seven, eight, eight dollars a gallon for gas. I've never seen that in my lifetime. I'm 53 years old, and honestly, I've never seen gas go over four dollars until recently. And while they would never admit it, what they're doing, at least right now, their actions speak louder than any words that they can possibly say. Think about America right now. Think about the homelessness in America. I mean, you don't have to walk far in any major city to see that homelessness has become a huge issue. Purposeful leftist policies have exacerbated the problem instead of even coming to close to trying to solve it, which has obviously been the plan all along. Think about inflation. B- both parties claim to care about you know, lowering um, and, and middle class people, yet they consistently follow pos- policies like decades of uncontrolled spending that intensify the, the, the cruelest tax possible that only hurts those people, and that's called inflation. Folks, the in, if, if you, unless you just haven't been following this at all, the inflation today is intentional. Um, with the, the, the high fuel prices, that's blamed on, you've heard it blamed many times on Putin. But that's not, that's not Putin's fault. I mean, think about it. Why, why did President Joe Biden and company... What did they think would happen when they closed the Keystone XL pipeline? Think about that. This stuff is intentional, folks. And when they, what they think would happen when they restricted drilling? Did they think that the oil reserves would just miraculously stay full? And then put a, this, the, the, the uh, ridiculous embargo on Russian oil. And the, that, folks... I'm talking about intentionally de-industrializing and really demolishing America. They knew exactly what would happen. Think about the supply chains, the uncontrolled immigration. Do you think we couldn't control immigration if we wanted to with the most powerful military on the planet? I promise you we could tomorrow. Then the the air travel because of COVID and all the things that have happened... COVID fear and anarcho tyranny. I'm, I'm coming up on a break. I'll talk about anarcho tyranny when we get back from the break. But think about the Bible says that power, the center for world power, will shift to the European Union at some point in the near future. But something would happen to happen to the current happen have to happen to the current leader. Think about the United States right now and what's going on intentionally. Whether it's a global pandemic threat of war or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can later by clicking the archive button. I've got one more point here, and then we'll move on to the Israeli, uh, the, the um, Israel-American alliance here. But the town hall reported on, and I, and I could go very deep into immigration and things that are intentional here, but for sake of time, I'm going to keep on moving. But think about, and this, this really, I've never seen this in my lifetime, anarcho-tyranny. So what's the meaning of all of this? Well, what, what does the kind of society that these people want to create, what's that look like? Because it's being done intentionally. It has to be. We've got, our police force could handle this if they were allowed to. But for a quick answer, take a look at what's happened to so many, the, the January 6th protesters for simply walking into the Capitol building versus what's happened to the rioters who burned and looted buildings and took over the streets of major cities for months in, uh, when would that have been? Maybe back in 2020. Think about that. The, and then look up a definition of anarcho-tyranny. So you said, well, what's anarcho-tyranny? What does that mean? Well, according to the American conservative, a narco-tyranny is a concept where the state is argued to be more interested in controlling citizens so that they do not oppose the managerial class, tyranny, rather than controlling real criminals causing anarchy. Law. I have a friend of mine who was, um, he was in... The up in uh, Portland, and he said the criminals were protecting, or I'm sorry, the police were protecting criminals against the citizens who were trying to stop them. Now think about that. Just totally upside down than what you think would be happening, but he said it's just because the, there are people that have agendas being pushed, you understand. Laws are argued to be enforced only selectively depending on what is perceived to be beneficial for the ruling elite. 
And this is their plan and, and has been all along. Violent criminals run wild while ordinary Americans get preyed upon by their government and it's badged and badgeless minions. Now, I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm anti-police or none of that, but I'm saying there are some that, you know, that have not, they, they've done, I think some of them mainly have done what they're told. But um, this is from the town hall, okay? But so far, it's all going according to their plan. It's intentional. And it, you say, well, what are we bringing this up for? Again, something has to happen to America that would allow the powers to shift over to Europe. Now, another scenario that could happen, and I'm, if I have time, I'll get to this, but the Six Trumpet War. The Bible says after the Six Trumpet War, if we're looking at a timeline that, that the, the powers will have swung to Europe because the Antichrist, who will be the leader of the world government, and the false prophet will both come out of Europe, and that will be the seat of world power in the end time. So perhaps it is the United States being brought to her knees in coordination with the Six Trumpet War that would allow this power shift to happen. At this point, I don't know. I can teach you through the timeline, and I know that after the Six Trumpet War, we're mo- the, the, the power shift will have either already happened or will happen very quickly. Because just after that is when the Antichrist and the false prophet come to power and they will lead the world government and the world religion from the power base of Europe. And so this is all something. Imagine these articles coming out in the news and you're sitting here as a prophecy teacher going, oh my goodness. Okay, so let me bring another one up to you. The Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. See, where in the world are we at with that? Well, things are progressing. Sometimes we might go for months. And you, you, I'll read a couple little different clips in this article, and then I'll read a paragraph here and think, well, I, I, you know, do I go on the radio with this? I do, you know, it's just a one little paragraph this is happening. If it's something big, I want to come and tell everybody about it. But the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. So Daniel 9.27 prophesies the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for a seven-year period. Of course, that agreement will be a confirmation of God's covenant with Abraham that Israel would always have a homeland in the Promised Land. Uh, Genesis 15, 18. So the fulfillment of this prophecy is going to be the signing of a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. The prophesied agreement is going to do Um, Three very recognizable things. Establish a Palestinian state in Judea. Remember that when I get into this article. Allow the Jewish settlers presently living in Judea to remain out in their homes, living as a Jewish minority in the Palestinian state, in a Palestinian state. There are many Jews. I've got articles. There are many Jews that are willing to do that. A lot of people would say, oh, no, 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 that's that's never going to happen. Oh, yes, it is. And the peace agreement will place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement, uh, probably supervised by the United Nations, allowing both Jews and Muslims to worship there. Now, you say, well, I don't see any way that's going to happen. You're talking about another intifada, uh, this holy war. No, no. There's coming a time in the future when that will happen. How do I know? It's prophesied in Scripture. The prophecies always come to pass. Always. 
up until this point, there's never been one. Jesus prophesied, Jesus um, fulfilled every Messianic prophecy in the Old Testament. Every single one. And then all of the ones that are supposed to have happened from then till now, every single one of them in great detail has occurred. So in the near future, when you see a prophesied agreement that has these characteristics, Israel's going to retain uh, the, um, the control of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, all the way throughout the end time. And Israel's going to be allowed to build her third temple. When you see a peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians that has these characteristics, when you see that agreement, then you can know assuredly that the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ has begun. That's why it's very important to understand the timelines and different things that the Bible gives us. Well, from the Jerusalem Post today, guess what? Israel is heading into another election. The Knesset is going to disband, and Yair Lapid is going to become prime minister for the interim. Israel will head to its fifth election in three and one-half years. Now, I kind of saw this coming. I didn't really mention it on the radio because I thought, man, I've got to see how this plays out. But it looks like they're fixing to disband because they started to hemorrhage members from the Knesset because when Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid came in, they had such a diverse um, government. I mean, they had, they had an, an, an Arab... Uh, in, in an Israeli government that was pro-Palestinian. And I thought, how is that going to work? And then different people, I mean, they just the government was hanging on by a thread for just over a year. But now the, people started hemorrhaging because they didn't agree with some of the decisions that the government made. So this member broke off and went to Netanyahu's Likud party. Then another member broke off. Then another member broke off because they did not like different decisions made by Naftali Bennett and uh, Yair Lapid. So, they're going into a fifth election in just three and a half years. Imagine doing that in the United States. Five elections in three and a half years? Well, that's what Israel's fixing to do. And um, after Prime Minister Naftali Bennett Bennett and his alternate Prime Minister, Yair Lapid, they just gave up Monday on their efforts to stabilize the coalition. They couldn't do it. They had people leaving. They didn't have a majority, and so they were like, man, we got to go into another election. Well, in a joint statement, Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid said that they will uh, bring a bill to dissolve the, dissolve the Knesset, bring it to a vote next Monday, but that means that elections will likely be held on or around somewhere like uh, October 15th, or I'm sorry, October 25. So according to the coalition agreement, Yair Lapid Here's the point. Remember, remember the characteristics that I gave to the peace agreement. That there would be a two-state solution created. Well, Yair Lapid, who's, he's going to be an interim uh, leader, an interim prime minister, but he is pro-two-state solution. Could he be reelected? Possibly. And then maybe head, look in the direction of a Peace agreement? I don't know at this point. But he is going to become caretaker prime minister until the election and until the new government comes into power. And he is set to greet President Joe Biden when he comes to Israel next month. So 
the reason I brought this up, imagine being a prophecy teacher looking at this article and saying, okay, the, the six trumpet war and the peace agreement are the next two things to happen on God's prophetic timeline. Naftali Bennett, very anti-two-state solution. Didn't want it. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Well, what's that do to an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement? Kind of puts it on the back burner, doesn't it? However, now we're going to have, for the at least the interim, a guy who is very pro, he's pro two-state solution. And so the can, I mean, we're kind of kicking it down the road a little bit. However, it's always been our, our opinion, and I, this is an opinion, that the Six Trumpet War would happen first, then the international community would look at Israel and the Palestinians and say, okay, you guys are going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not. And with everything that's going on with Israel and Egypt and Saudi Arabia and the Abraham Accords, if Saudi Arabia would come on board and normalize relationships with Israel, that would bring many other Arab nations in, and then the Palestinians would almost be forced to come to a negotiating table. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, I'm just giving you the updates because there are things that are moving forward and uh, we want to keep you guys aware of all of it because prophecy is happening, folks. These things are letting us know we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The prophecies tell us these things will occur just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. You say, well, you're saying that there's at least seven years left. Seven year, I'm, I'm 53 years old. Seven years ago was what? Uh, that's when I, that's when I started. That was... Um, 2015. Folks, seven years will go like that in the grand scheme of things. Seven years is going to fly by the way it's flying now. I mean, think about this. We're almost halfway through 2022. And and it seems like we just had Christmas dinner. And we're flying through this year. And my my wife told me that the dates we were going to Israel, and I thought, well, that's, you know, that back when we first established that, that was four or five months. And I thought, oh, well, I've got, you know, we, we got a while. Well, now I'm three months, boom, two months gone. And, I mean, things are just flying. If you can't feel it, you know, I don't know. But I'm just saying things are really, really moving right now. And once this war happens, the peace agreement happens, we start the final seven years. I'm telling you, at the end of the final seven years, that's the second coming of Jesus Christ and the rapture and the battle of Armageddon. So we're moving straight forward, and I'm proving to you using all these articles that we these things are supposed to happen just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we'll get more off into it after the break and I look forward to it because there's so much in the news right now and we want we here at End of the Age want to keep you up to date. So God bless you and thank you all for listening. Look forward to when we come back. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, let's see how many we can get through here in the last segment. The next one would be the, in, the End Time Israel American Alliance. Now, some people would say, man, you know, under the, under the Biden administration, you know, that's, I just don't simply see that happening. Well, the Bible says it's going to happen in the end time. I mean, if you look at the prophecies, a clear understanding of Revelation 12 and chapter 13 have allowed us to be absolutely sure really of two things. Now, I, I mean, there's world government, religion, a lot of different things, but two things I get a question on a lot. And that's that, number one, the United States will stand with Israel and protect Israel from the world government in the end time. The United States will not be part of the world government and therefore will not come under the reign of the Antichrist. So, two very good things. Now, again, I talked to somebody the other day that said, um, well, we suffer persecution. There could be some persecution here in the United States because we're still dealing with a world religious system. But as far as the world government goes, I do not believe that the mark of the beast, things like that, will become the law of the land here because of Revelation 13. We're not mentioned in that world governing body, but standing with Israel. So when we talk about standing with Israel, the Jerusalem Post, they ran an article today that um, Benny Gantz, that the Israel is building regional air defense alliance under the United States. So Israel is building a U.S.-sponsored regional air defense alliance. And the Israeli defense minister, Benny Gantz, said on Monday, and he added that the apparatus has already been foiled, uh, that it has already foiled attempted Iranian attacks. Now, if you follow really closely in the news, the different Israeli news sources and things like that, you'll know that these things have happened over time. But a lot of times until a big story comes out, you don't really know what happened. Because sometimes they do it completely under the radar. And you've got to follow maybe an Israeli an IDF news source or somebody that works with the IDF, a Debka file or something like that, which most people don't even know about. However, drawing closer in recent years to the United States-aligned Arab states, which share their concerns over Iran, Israel has offered them defense cooperation. Now, that would lock them in. Imagine, because Iran is not only bombing Israel, or want or has an, uh, want to dest- they want to destroy Israel, but they've been bombing Saudi Arabia and different places. So Israel has offered them a defense cooperation. Now think about that. That could be the thing, or one of the main things, that could bring Saudi Arabia into normalization uh, with Israel. And so Israel has really expanded. Since the Trump administration, they've really been able to expand and work with many of these different Arab nations Many times they have done it in the past, but it's been under the radar. I mean, a lot of times you didn't even know about it. But then there would be one article that would come out and say, hey, for years we've been working with them under the radar. Nobody knew about it. Now it's, now it's come to light because somebody said something in, in an article. But a lot of times you, we, we didn't know about it. Uh, that's why I would pick my guide's brains when I go to Israel because both of our guides, when we go, 
our ex-Navy SEALs for the Israeli Defense Forces, and I would get them at dinner or get them away and say, okay, now, you know, tell me what's really going on with this and that. And they can't say a whole lot, but sometimes they'll lay something out there, and I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. I didn't know about all this, and I'm in this stuff every day. And, but sometimes it's just under the radar. Well, they have been um, publicly reticent on this idea that they want to have this, that Iran and Israel and different places in the, with the Arabs, I mean, I'm sorry, Israel and the Arab nations in the United States are working together now. So unveiling what uh, Benny Gantz dubbed as the Middle East Air Defense Alliance in a briefing to Israeli lawmakers, the, the uh, Israel's defense minister, Benny Gantz, said that these cooperations are already underway. And he said that over the past year, I've been leading an extensive program together with my partners at the Pentagon and in the U.S. administration that will strengthen the cooperation between Israel and the United States and countries in the region. So, the United States standing with Israel in the end time, even under the Biden administration. You say, well, I, the Biden administration, well, he's anti-Israel. Well, I, I know that. He is anti, anti-Israel. You can tell. However, there are some very influential people here in the United States that are pro-Israel. And so, we will stand with, according to Scripture, we will stand with Israel all the way to the end. Okay. The next one, uh, the promised land. I saw this article and thought, man, i got to bring up something about that. In Genesis 15, 18, God promised Abram, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt up unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Well, then I saw this fake news story that said the biz- it's from the business standard. Israel's endless occupation. <coughs> well, folks, let me tell you. Israel is not occupying Palestinian land. You understand. That's absolutely not true. That is Israel's promised land. Some would call it disputed land, which is true. But they're not occupying Palestinian land. That is fake news. That's a false narrative that is put out by the Palestinians and many of the major news sources. So this article said, In the 55 years Israel has been occupying Palestinians' lands, a totally not true statement, there have been two intifadas, four wars in Gaza, and a long series of failed efforts to negotiate a two-state solution roughly adhering to Israel's pre-67 borders, the situation may truly be a hopeless, as hopeless as it may seem. I wish these people knew Bible prophecy because there is going to be a two-state solution created. It goes on to say, even if Israel did accede to the creation of a Palestinian state, it might continue to face threats to its survival. That actually is going to happen because Jesus warned us about when you see the abomination of desolation occur, let them which be in Judea flee. So the Palestinians will be controlling that area at that point, and that's why they will have to flee. They'll be living under Palestinian jurisdiction. It says after, The article says, After all, Palestine would not be located far from its borders, Israel, like an Algeria from France type situation. And this is going to be 
we know that this is going to be the geopolitical situation until Jesus returns. The Bible's very clear on that. And so when I thought about that, I thought, man, if, if people could only understand their Bibles, if they can understand history. The thing is, a, a lot of people understand it, but they've got an agenda they're trying to push. So they put out this fake news, these false narratives. And so I want you to know the truth. And that Israel only inhabits a very small portion of the original promised land that God promised to Abram through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and that lineage. Yes, God has blessed Ishmael. You say, well, what about Ishmael? God, has di- God told Abraham he would bless Ishmael. And look at how the Arabs have been blessed. I mean, look at Saudi Arabia and some of these Arab nations. Those are, those are from Ishmael. Abraham was their father as well. But God said, Abraham, through your lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm going to give you this plot of land here. And it's always a travesty to me when an article is written about Israel's occupying the West Bank region or Judea. No, they're not occupying it. It's theirs. From their great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Abraham, down through that lineage over the years, God gave them that. So, just want you to know the truth about that situation. Okay, uh, the next one, man, I'll see if I can get through this. I don't know. World War III, Revelation 9, 13 through 15. Sixth angel sounded, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates, and the four angels were loosed, and they were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year, for to kill the third part of men. Because this says, I know everybody's talking about, you know, Pope Francis says, World War III has begun between Ukraine and Russia, and, you know, I tend not to believe that because of, the, of this scripture right here. The four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. If you can see where it says something else, let me know. And, and I mean, <coughs> because as of right now, excuse me, I, I believe it's going to start from the uh, Euphrates River region. Now, The Hill ran an article. Israel and Iran, five minutes to Armageddon. Why would they run an article like that? Well, you know the Iranians' nuclear aspirations. Israel and Iran are rapidly approaching an inflection point over Tehran's nuclear program. And what was the atomic equivalent of a controlled clash between Israel and Iran is now devolving into an unconstrained chain reaction. Many people are say, saying these people are these two countries are headed for war. They've had conflict for decades, but now it's coming to the point where there is going to be a war. Uh, back in just uh, last month, the International Atomic Energy, um, the United Nations agency that's tasked with globally overseeing nuclear technology and its use, reported that Iran possesses enough fissile material to construct a nuclear bomb. Jerusalem's long-feared specter of Tehran is becoming an existential threat to Israel and is now very real and imminent. So, striking Iran's nuclear facilities would only be the beginning, not the end, of a hot war between Israel and Iran. Now, 
again, the Russia-Ukraine situation, that's a geopolitical situation. Israel and Iran is religious. Two different things going on here. So the Israel-Iran thing is not going to go away because Israel is never going to go off the map. And so the article says, prepared or not, Israel and Washington both appear to be out of time on this. Iran's threat, it, the, the uh, nuclear deal doesn't look like it's going to happen. It looks pretty much dead at this point. And Iran's threat is substantial and it is only intensifying daily. Until now, Jerusalem's war between wars, covert approach against Iran is sufficiently to tactically frustrate Tehran's nuclear ambitions, it's largely via sabotage, assassinations of key Iranian nuclear uh, physicists. But they're saying that, hey, measured in the doomsday clock terms, it's five minutes to midnight in Jerusalem and in Iran. And in Megiddo, they say, the historical biblical site of Armageddon in Israel. Now, I should say here before the end of the program that the Sixth Trumpet War, the Battle of Armageddon, two different wars. This, this article is talking about Armageddon. That happens at the end of the Great Tribulation. The Battle of Armageddon is, at the very least, seven years away. The Sixth Trumpet War, we could wake up to that tomorrow morning if, if, if we're not already in it. And so that's something that I wanted to discuss. I saw this article. I thought, man, I've got to bring that up because... It looks like Israel and Iran are fixing to go to war. You understand the recent chariots of fire um, where they were holding uh, war games and they were um, practicing making a bombing run from Israel to Iran. Now imagine being Iran and seeing that. You'd be working your fingers to the bone to try to get that nuclear bomb, wouldn't you? Israel's never going to allow that to happen. So... You can see these are just a few of the articles that I had to go over today showing us that we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Perhaps we'll continue on Wednesday. Uh, We'll see what comes down the pike by then. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com. 